talk a bit about vision part two, about community groups and about why it's so important that we enjoy community. So if you've got a Bible, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. My goal this morning is, is to inspire you with the joy that's possible in community. It is not to put guilt on anybody about saying, right, we've got groups and now part of your Christianity, you've got to go to a group. I want to inspire you with the promises of God and the joy that's available from being with other people. And Hebrews chapter 10 says this in verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. All of God's commands, all the things that God says, right at the core of it is joy. God is after your joy. (laughs) God is after your well-being. God is after your growth. God is after your maturity. God is after your character being transformed. God is after you tapping into the joy of joys. God wants to give you life in abundance and life in all of its fullness. And one of the ways that God does that is through connection with other people, connection with brothers and sisters. See, God, the gospel or the good news and what we've been singing about all morning is really about a very, very, very good father who absolutely loves the world. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. The father absolutely loves you. And he has pursued you. And that's why he sent Jesus. So that he could deal with everything that would absolutely separate you from his love. He's the good father of uh, Luke 15, the prodigal son. The father who runs out for the the guy who's gone off and squandered. (laughs) He runs after him and absolutely loves on him and throws a party and says, this son of mine was lost and is now found. He absolutely loves people and he loves you. And so the heart of the good news that we've been singing about, the heart of the good news about Jesus, is about reconnection to the wonderful love of the father. And the cross deals with our sin. The cross deals with our guilt. The cross deals with our shame. The cross deals with the things that we've said that we wish we hadn't said. It deals with the things we wish we had said and didn't say. It deals with the things we've done and the things we've not done. It absolutely deals with everything and washes us completely clean so that we can gaze upon the glory of the Lord and so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and so that we can encounter God. That's good news. So if you're a Christian here this morning, you know you've come to Jesus, your past is completely washed clean. You are absolutely spotless. I don't care what you've done, what you haven't done, what you've said or not said, the gospel makes you completely, utterly spotless so that you can know God the Father in a wonderful, close way. John says in 1 John, he says, perfect love is what casts out all fear. If you are dominated by fear, you need to know perfect love. Because it's perfect love that casts out all fear. And perfect love is really demonstrated most wonderfully in the cross of Jesus Christ. Where he becomes what he was not, a sinner. 
in our place and is cursed for us so that we become what we were not, the very righteousness of God and become spotless. Good news. And part of the gospel as well is that we get reconnected to God, but we get reconnected to others. And the wonderful thing about Jesus is even as we were worshipping this morning, we heard Adrian pray out in French. We hear the nations here and he reconnects us to the nations. He makes us a family, a a multicoloured, various family from all over the world where we have this wonderful thing in common. We're loved by God. And so he connects us to himself and connects us to a people. And so in this Hebrews verse, he's really saying this, that it's wonderful when you connect to God, but it's not all good when it's just you and God and you're not connected to one another. That we need one another, that we need a family. We don't want to miss the joy of connection. We don't want to miss the joy of walking deeply. We don't want to miss the joy of someone knowing us, knowing our strengths and knowing our weaknesses. Because because of that, because of the importance of family to God, we don't want to build a crowd. That's not the goal of the church. It's not to build a crowd. The goal of the church is not to just grow a crowd of people and more bums on seats and then just do more meetings because we don't want to just build a crowd. We don't want to either build just a programme of meetings that actually you would say, yeah, I belong to that church because I attend every programme you put on. That's not what we want to build either. We don't even want to build just a bunch of friends (laughs) because you can get friends in lots of places. We want to build a family. And family is deeper than friendship. You can be friends with people going to a sports club, an art club. You can make friends. But family is something much, much deeper. Because family is the key to maturity. Family is the key to growth in character. Family is the key to growing in godliness. Because every personal encounter we have with God gets outworked in family how do we know if we're becoming more patient or more loving it gets outworked with one another doesn't it It gets outworked with people family is about I'm not just doing life on my own I'm allowing other people to influence me and I'm allowing other people to have access to me that I'm not just doing what I want, I've got, I've got brothers and sisters, I've got people who have got wisdom, I've got people who have got insight, I've got people who know things about different topics and I'm letting them in. And I'm letting them in to speak in. In this verse it says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I want, I want to just explore what can stop us meeting together, what can stop us doing this. And I think one of the reasons why it's hard when we talk about walking deeply is that family is really messy. It's actually not messy to come to a programme, a series of meetings. It's not actually messy to come along on Sunday. It doesn't get messy to walk in 
have a polite conversation and walk out. That doesn't get messy. But it gets messy when you say, I'm going to walk deeply with this person and that person. I'm going to get to know them and they're going to get to know me. And in that place, the mask that they carry will drop and the mask that I carry will drop and then suddenly we realise we're all in process and then it gets messy. (laughs) Because it's imperfect people who are becoming more and more like Jesus day after day after day who are being transformed from one degree of glory to another who are being metamorphosized through the renewing of their mind and mindset shifting. But we're all in process, aren't we? We get it all on the day we're born again, and then we work it out in life, in real life, day after day after day. And sometimes we don't like the hard choices it requires sometimes to stay in family. Because, have you noticed that sometimes it doesn't bear fruit necessarily immediately? We can go along to a, it might be a community group or or committing to people or getting with them and we're thinking, I I didn't get much out of that or what was that all about? Because it it takes time, doesn't it? It takes time to build bridges of trust. It takes time to get to know one another. So we think, I'm not sure if I can really invest in that because it's not working immediately, obviously, or quickly. And love takes hard choices. Love takes hard choices. It takes hard choices to say, I'm not just going to attend a meeting and I'm not just going to attend a programme and I'm not just going to make superficial friendships, but I'm going to be in this place of relationship for growth and maturity and strengthening. I'm going to make some hard choices. And sometimes it takes sacrifice. And sometimes it takes working through disagreements. And sometimes it takes... Real decisions of, actually, I'm, going to, I'm in this. When someone knocks us and we realise, oh, that, their broken spot hit my broken spot, but I'm not going to pull away, I'm not going to give up. And so it's learning to lay our lives down for one another. And that's that decision to say, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get healed. Because if I were to say, put your hand up if you've ever got hurt by somebody... <laughs> If I would say, has anybody ever let you down? Has anybody ever broken trust? Has anybody ever said anything that's hurt you? We'd all put our hands up and say, yeah, I've been hurt. And sometimes it's because we once got hurt that we pull back from depth and we put back, pull back from intimacy and we pull back from connecting with people and we pull back from walking deeply because it hurt once. And it's that moment where we say again, I'm not just going to get stuck. I'm not going to get stuck. Yeah, I... I got hurt, but I'm going to trust again. Yeah, that didn't go so well before. Maybe it was in this church, maybe it was in another church. That didn't go so well before when I opened up. But God, I'm going to get my heart healed, and I'm going to trust again, and I'm going to step out again. Saying, I'm not going to stay hidden. I'm not going to stay hidden. Whatever wounds I have in my heart that keep me hidden... I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. And when other people are real with me and around me, I'm not pulling back. Because the writer to Hebrews says this, there's a powerful thing that happens in the context of community. He says, Consider 
how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. The writer is saying, do everything you can to be connected with people. Do everything you can to be connected with people. Now, listen, it might be for some of you, shift patterns, commutes, work, family means, look, I really want to be there, but at the moment, my life doesn't allow me to. Then get creative. <laughs> Community groups are going to be the main way, but get creative. Find, find how you're going to get connection. If, if a Thursday night or a Monday night or an evening doesn't work for you, find a way. Find a way to get creative. I know some people, they, they ring one another and they text one another and they communicate to one another. They're always in each other's lives, but they're not necessarily in each other's lives through a meeting. Find, find a way <laughs> of connecting. Because the rewards are this. The writer says we can spur and stir and encourage We can spur one another on. We can stir one another up. We can encourage one another. In the context of community. So I want want you to imagine wherever you go, you carry three things with you. Any meeting you go to, any community group you go to, any time you're with a believer, you carry three things with you. One of the ones is you carry a bucket of water, you carry a, a canister of petrol and you carry a piece of a jigsaw puzzle. Wherever you go, you carry a bucket of water, you carry a canister of petrol and you carry a piece of the jigsaw puzzle. So wherever you go, you've got a bucket of water that you're going to pour on people's fears. You're going to encourage people by pouring a bucket of water over people's anxieties. When you see raging fires of worry and doubt and anxiety, you you carry a bucket of water for that moment to pour over that anxiety, to pour over that fear, to pour over that concern, to say, I believe he's good. I believe there is a way. I believe that God works all things together for good. I believe we're a Caleb Joshua kind of people. This land is our land and I know about Jericho and I know about the 45 cities and I know about the giants. But I also know they're bred to us and we can surely do it. Be the biggest encourager you can be in all the world and carry a bucket of water with you to put on people's fears. Carry a canister of petrol that you can pour on people's dreams. You go for it. You believe it. You, you believe that you can make a difference in your workplace. You believe that actually God can save your family in a moment. You believe that freedom is coming to you. You believe that this community can be impacted and influenced and changed by the good news of Jesus. Pour petrol on people's dreams. Pour pe- petrol on their prayers. Amen it. Encourage them. Just be the biggest encourager you know. And bring your peace. Of the jigsaw puzzle. Everybody here has a piece of the jigsaw puzzle. And maybe you're not even a believer yet, and this morning something's going to happen, and you can come to Jesus, and you're going to find out what on earth you're here for. That God has prepared good works in advance for you to do. That you carry a piece of the jigsaw puzzle. That everybody here, whether you've just become a Christian, whether you've been on the road 30 years, whether you've just just started to follow Jesus, 
You have something to contribute. You have something to participate with. When you go along to a community group, you know that, actually, I'm going there, I'm going to get my needs met, and I'm going to be stirred and spurred and encouraged, but I'm also going fully equipped with water, petrol, and my peace. And if you don't know what your peace is, you're going to dis- I'm going to discover it in that group, you can say. I'm going to learn who I am. I'm going to learn that what God's got for me. There's going to be other people who are going to help me find out who I am and what I carry. Because no one is the whole picture. If you imagine a jigsaw picture of a beautiful ocean view, and you might be a bit of the sky, or you might be a bit of the deck chair, or you might be a bit of the beach. And when it all comes together, the picture comes together when everybody brings their piece. When everybody brings their piece of the jigsaw, the thing starts to look beautiful and wonderful and vibrant. But when it's just the is the peace connected to the peace that's connected to the peace? Paul talks about it being we're a body knitted together. One, one person might be the hand, the eye, the arm, the leg, but together we're a body that works with Jesus Christ being the head. I am not the whole jigsaw puzzle. Tim isn't, Rochelle isn't, Katrina isn't. Other leaders here, you're not the whole jigsaw puzzle, but together we begin to form a wonderful picture that says something to our community, that says something to the people around us. So in that sense, when you're not there, your piece is missing. And no one can compensate for what you carry and who you are. No one can be your piece for you. If you're a piece of the sky or that cloud in the picture, no one can be that cloud for you. They might be the beach, they might be the piece of the deck chair or whatever. No one can compensate that you're not here. It it matters. And so there's those two things in balance. Sometimes it's your life just doesn't allow you and you've got to get creative. But sometimes it's your life does allow you, but you don't realise who you are. You don't realise that you matter. You don't realise that we were talking the other night with a bunch of people that you're significant. That what you carry changes things. That that thing you said, that prayer you prayed, that prophecy you brought, that exhorted, encouraged and comforted, matters. That if you were not there, it wouldn't have happened. If you were not there, that conversation wouldn't have happened. That encouragement, that stirring, that spurring, that petrol wouldn't have got poured. And that water wouldn't have got poured. And maybe that person would have gone home just with a raging fire of overwhelming doubt. But when you were there... He said, I'm going to believe that God can use me to say something and something happens. And so you matter. I want to read to you a story from the Old Testament. And it's a story of Elijah and Israel. They were going for a huge drought and uh, a famine and there wasn't enough food. And God told the prophet Elijah, go to this widow's, go to this house, go to this place. There's going to be food for you. I've instructed a widow there to supply you with food, God says to Elijah. And so Elijah meets this widow and she's hardly got anything. And he says to the widow in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 11. Or just before verse 9. I've instructed a widow there to supply you with food. So they went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? 
As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me a piece of bread. And then the widow says, very logically, as surely as the Lord our God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering sticks, uh, gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself, my son, that we may eat it and die. So, uh, then Elijah says these wonderful words, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and make something for yourself and your son. And we're all thinking, Elijah, didn't you just hear she's only got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. She doesn't really have enough food for you. And he's saying, no, first make something for me and then make something for your son and yourself. And then it says, for this is what the Lord says, the God of Israel, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did, Eli- did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of oil was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. It wasn't used up. It didn't run dry. And you might be looking at your life and thinking, my life is this. I've got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and that's, I'm just about surviving in my life. I'm just about surviving with family. I'm just about surviving at work. I'm just about surviving financially, emotionally, physically. I am just about surviving. And you might think, actually, I'm a bit like the widow. I'm gathering sticks because actually I'm about to die. And then I turned up on this Sunday and you're saying, carry water, carry petrol, spur one another on, bring your peace. And you're thinking, I can't bring my peace. I can't bring water. I can't bring gasoline or petrol because I'm just about surviving in my life. And God says to you, bring what you've got. Bring your flour, bring your oil and start pouring out what you've got. The, mir- the miracle is this. As you pour, he gives, he gives again. He gives again and gives again and gives again. Because sometimes what we say is this. I'll pour myself out for others or I'll pour myself out for community. I'll pour myself out for brothers and sisters when I feel I've got more. When I feel I've got enough. It could be like the widow saying, when I've got a ton of flour and a whole mountain, as it were, of oil, I'll start pouring out then. And actually God says... You've got an abundance, you've got to start pouring out what you've got. You've got to start pouring out the peace that you've got. You've got to start giving. And it will never run out. Find out what your peace is, the works that he prepared in advance before the foundation of the world. Run in your lane and do the things he puts in front of you. And I promise you, the grace of God will not run out. They'll be sufficient for you. There'll be enough for you. It will just keep flowing through you. Bring your peace. Bring your peace. If you just love hospitality and you love people feeling welcome and you love it and you you just love to make a really nice atmosphere, just bring your peace. Bring your peace. Do that thing that you just love doing and do it for others and pour yourself out for others. Don't hide your peace. It won't manifest on its own. Don't hide your gift. It won't manifest on its all. 
Become convinced that you are needed and that you make a difference. You are vital. Pour out the little you have and pour it out again and again and again and again and again. And find God meeting you again and again with resources and grace that's going to feed people and strengthen people and encourage people. And finally, it says, love and good deeds. In Hebrews, spur one another on, encourage one another to love and good deeds. We're we're, we're believing that as we connect to one another, as this community, that it's going to be a place where people are going to be spurred on to love and good deeds. I want to say this is much, much bigger than just us as a family. This is bigger than just us as a local church. It's about the community and it's about the nation and it's about Europe and it's about the world and it just starts with each person saying I know who I am in Jesus. I know I've got a piece that I can play. I've not, I know that I've got something to contribute and I'm just going to do my part at being the best me that I can be. I'm just going to be who I am and I'm not going to worry and compare myself or be in performance mode with anybody else I'm going to bring my peace and I'm going to use it I'm going to pour out the oil I'm going to pour out the flour and God's going to do the rest there's going to be love and good deeds there's going to be love and good deeds something's going to happen through these groups where people are going to find out who they are they're going to find out who they carry and in the context of community people are going to be encouraged and stirred and spurred to love and good deeds And it's going to affect people around us. It's going to affect the community around us. One person at a time. We found that yesterday with with treasure hunting that Tim and Hope are coming back and meeting somebody in the co-op and and just praying for them, hearing the lady's story and and just loving her and Hope hugging her. Just one person yesterday got to hear, God knows who you are, God loves you, God's on your case God is for you. God is good. One person. We can think about that. This area is half a million people. There's 40,000 people on Thames Mead. There's 30-odd thousand people in Woolwich and 30-odd thousand in Plumstead. How are we going to do it? How are we going to love our community? How are we going to change it? Well, we'll change it like this. We're going to pour out the flour. We're going to pour out the oil. We're going to take our peace and, and just one loving act after another loving act. We're just going to do what he puts in front of us. And know that actually, Jesus, this is about a bigger thing than us. It's about a bigger thing than our local church or our family name. It's about the interests of Jesus Christ in the earth. Paul says of Timothy, I don't have many people like Timothy who don't just have his own interests at heart, but have the interests of Jesus Christ at heart. And I just feel that as a community, we just want to have what's, what's, what's on your heart, King Jesus. What are you praying for right now? What, what do you want to do? And we know that we might only be a little bit of oil and a bit of flour. We might not be a big. We might just be like the fish and the loaves that that little boy gave you that you fed 5,000 with. But we know we've got a piece to play as a corporate body in your great picture for the earth, which is you getting what you paid for, which is the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. We are part of that wonderful picture. 
that God's renown and God's nature and God's goodness is going to be broadcast to all the nations. We're part of that display to principalities and powers who look on and see the wonderful redemptive work of Jesus Christ in the earth. We're part of that picture. And we might only be part of the sky, but any of you who have done a jigsaw puzzle and you've got one piece missing, it's like the whole thing was a waste of time because it it just stands out, it's missing. So corporately we say to God, we're going to play our part, we're going to play our piece. And I just want to encourage you in your own hearts to be making that decision today of saying, I'm going to give myself to this, I'm going to give myself to getting connected, I'm going to give myself to one of these groups. I'm going to give myself to be a spur and a stirrer and an encourager. I'm going to give myself to the truth. I matter before the foundation of the earth. He's given me a part to play. It won't manifest on its own, but I choose to work with you, God, and co-labor with you, God, and get in the yoke with you, God. And maybe the first thing you do in, in a step of faith is say, I'm going to join something. I want to be with others. I want to be a family. Can I invite us to stand? Yeah. and?